Hello, everyone. Hello, my fellow participants in this dialogue about health, healing, consciousness, spirituality, and search for meaning. I'm Peter Resnick, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. And Merry Belated Christmas and Belated Hanukkah and Happy Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa, I believe, just started this Monday. It's a long week feast, very much like Hebrew Sukkot, which is a harvest festival. So is Kwanzaa. Uh, in Swahili, the phrase Matunda Ya Kwanzaa means first fruits. It's also celebrating the nature's gifts. Today we continue our dialogue. Yes, I would like to talk a little bit more about happiness. We started three weeks ago. I thank you very much. Forgot now the name of a person who sent me this question in, uh, through email, asked me to talk about happiness. And it's a very interesting uh, subject. We spoke about it already, probably almost two hours. And I, as I go through my week, more ideas come of what I would like to say to you about happiness. And again, as I said in many times, you're absolutely welcome to call anytime and chip in. This past week, I received two emails from people who thanked me for my talk on happiness and described in detail how they were able to utilize what I shared in their lives concrete changes that they made, uh, which which I'm very impressed by. Neither gave me permission to read the emails on the air, but just they just wrote to thank me. So I want to thank you for your gratitude, but also uh, remember to be grateful to yourself. There is an ancient hermetic saying, the lips of wisdom are closed except to the ears of understanding. The lips of wisdom are closed, except to the ears of understanding. I speak to many people, I share my ideas, but not everyone has the ears to hear. So you were able not just to hear, but to act, to utilize uh, what I was saying, and that is the most rewarding thing for me, because uh, I am not sharing with people just information for them to be uh, more uh, intellectually equipped or learn new concepts or learn something interesting. And I'm not an entertainer, which is a wonderful thing, by the way. Uh, but that's not what I do. I share the tools, and I hope that the tools would be uh, utilized. I have been encouraging you from the time I started this show two years ago, try out what I teach. And some wrote that they uh, indeed tried out uh, and and found benefit for it, and that's that's wonderful. Just reminding you, there is a difference between knowing and knowing about something. Knowledge literally, if you look up in Webster's Dictionary, knowledge literally means understanding gained through experience. Knowing about is having information about something. 
I tell my students who are studying this work that I do, you may know all about mind-body integrative therapy, the intention, the principles. I will teach you the tools. But you may not know how to conduct mind-body therapy unless you have the experience, unless you keep practicing and practicing and practicing. Uh, did you have this experience, ladies and gentlemen, when you did something and then looked back and said, why did I do that? I know better. You don't know better. You know about that better. But to have the experience of living that different way, you need to invest effort and time to habituate yourself to a new way. That always takes time. That always takes an effort. Something came just came to my mind. Another person came to see me, actually in person, to my home. Remember, I gave up my office and I work mostly uh, online. But once in a while, people want to see me in person. So and that's fine. They travel to New York. So, and... I, I assigned, this person came to see me a couple of times and I assigned this person um, homework because that's what I do. I give assignments because I don't believe that meeting what, what they call a therapist once a week and venting or even having a, a dialogue is enough for a person to make changes. They need to practice what they learn. And, but at least that's my, uh, my approach. So, and I saw two days, two times in a row, I gave a person assignments. And, and each time when the person came, I said, so did you do it? And he went, not really, I was too, too busy. Anyway, did, this person did nothing. And then this person said to me, you know, the person that sent me to you said that you are kind of psychic or intuitive, which, ladies and gentlemen, we know I'm not a psychic. But he said, you, you are psychic or intuitive, that you are able to, uh, to, to speak about the person. It's probably, probably uh, referring to my ability to read people's faces. Anyway, so this person goes, can you tell me, please, what do you see in, in for my life a year from now? And I said, listen, I am not psychic, but I can tell you right now exactly what I will happen a year from now. He said, what? I said, exactly what is happening now. Nothing. Nothing will change. Because you talk, but you don't do your assignments. So how do you expect things will change? So... Uh, by the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as I want to remind you, uh, you are welcome to call any time as I speak. Uh, I will pause on whatever subject I'm uh, talking about and will gladly take your phone call. You can call to express your opinion, ask a question, share your story. The number here is 888-874-4888. Eight 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 seven four four eight 
And if you would like to send me an email and you don't have my email address yet, it's drpeterresnik at gmail.com. D-R-P-E-T-E-R-R-E-Z-N-I-K at gmail.com. So go, let's go back to talking about um, happiness. Uh, I looked up on the internet for the definition of happiness. And I found several and pretty much they come to this. Happiness is a sense of well-being, joy, or contentment. When people are successful or safe or lucky, they feel happiness. Uh, I have to tell you, uh, I don't feel it's complete. It's not only people feel happy, not only when they are successful. It, it sounds like people are quite selfish. Uh, if they are lucky, if they um, feel safe, if they are successful. What about empathy? Uh, I know there are people who feel very happy when somebody they love uh, is successful. And, and the, the same is true for the opposite situation. There are people who feel very happy when somebody else is unhappy. That's also happiness. I remember, I remember, you know, like maybe it's not the best time to speak about it. Uh, but no, why not? Uh, when September 11th happened, you know, the towers fell down. And I remember, so uh, a friend of mine from France called me all so concerned. And I, I saw unhappiness on her face, real concern, real empathy, saying what's going on there. And at the same time, we watched on television in a couple of states. In the United States, there were people uh, who were celebrating. And you could see happiness on their faces. In fact, they gave away to children uh, sweets, pastries, because they celebrated. So they saw people they hated. I don't know came to this country then. But people they despised or, or resented suffering, and they were rejoicing. So uh, there are people who don't like America, the United States of America. And if something would happen, uh, God forbid, something bad, like an earthquake, I can see how those people would be happy. So, so my definition then of happiness would be, let me think about it. it it's an experience Yes, so what I'm saying is that an event happens. You see, let's say, like a tower falling down or an earthquake or uh, some achievement that, um, that happened. The event happens, but the experience of interpreting that event makes us happy or unhappy, joyful or sad, satisfied, or dissatisfied. So that's what I would say. Uh, happiness is an experience of interpreting reality as very favorable, and feeling joy and satisfaction based on that interpretation. I, I, I probably quoted 10 times, if at least talking to you already in the past, 
um, Greek philosopher Epictetus, who said 2,500 years ago, it's not the things or events that affect us, but the attitude that we take toward them. So the same thing with happiness. And since it, this conversation takes us that way, I'm thinking, uh, you know, at least theoretically, people who are deeply religious, deeply religious, can be happy most of the time. Why? Because very religious people uh, see everything that happens as meaningful, even pain. So they can feel pain, but not no suffering, because they see it as meaningful, whatever happens to them. So, uh, because if something happens, and let's say they believe in God or Allah or whatever, and they believe in in the kindness and loving lovingness of the universe, and something is on their plate, they celebrate it, whatever it is, because they understand that it is for their good. It reminds me of. Um, of Maharisha Yogi, you know, the one who brought transcendental meditation to the United States. And the story goes that, uh, you know, at the end of his life, he was sick with cancer. And at night, people heard him mourning. During the day, he was a great teacher, he was very active, but at night, they would hear him mourning in pain. And finally, his students gathered and said, Master, how, what is it? What's happening? And he said, I am very happy all the time, all the time when I'm with my students, I'm occupied, but my body has an illness. So when at night I am not occupied by anything, I feel pain because my attention is no longer on the joy of being with my students and my followers. So I feel pain, but I do not suffer. There is pain, no suffering. This is a big, big difference. It's a good, very important to remember. So, uh, so happiness is rooted in our interpretation of reality. So, if at least we interpret everything that happens as not against us, but even if as neutral, things happen. Because a lot of unhappiness comes because people feel things are unfair. Somebody did this to them. How dare could they do this? It's unfair. And then, of course, they suffer. But if you accept this attitude that life is, people are, and that's the choices people make, and life is unfolding in front of you, it was unfold, would be unfolding this way without you. It was unfolding this way before you, it will be unfolding this way uh, after you. Which way? The way it's unfolding. This is life. Anything can happen and does. So if you accept it, you simply uh, accept what is, in, uh, if not happy, but a very positive way. So let's now talk about, if you notice, even though I say I want to talk about happiness. I mentioned things 
that take away the happiness. Just like darkness is the absence of light. In order for us to feel the joy of light, we need to eliminate darkness. So in order for us to feel the joy of the moment, joy of being, we need to eliminate those things, or I don't believe it's possible to eliminate them completely, but we need to diminish those things that takes our joy away. And uh, as I said, I, um, during the week, I've been thinking a lot again about happiness, and I just realized that, remember, we started more than a year talking about the six pillars of well-being. That's my the book still in writing, still not finished with it. But the fifth pillar is our attitudes uh, and character traits, conscious beliefs, attitudes, and character traits. And I identified many of them uh, that are challenging. And those challenges really take away the joy from, of living. We covered many of them. I wonder how many of you uh, listened to those uh, shows and utilized the tools that I gave, because every, one, every discussion on every issue that we covered, I gave you some homework to practice or an assignment to practice how to diminish those qualities. I will just mention them because we're still not finished. And I realized this week that, you know, I talk about happiness and I realized that all those, call it attitudinal challenges or negative character traits or challenging character traits, all of them take us away from happiness. And I will mention some of you because we're not, all of them actually, we're not finished with all of them and it's still coming. So we spoke about guilt, judgment, ingratitude, jealousy, worry, expectations, doubt, arrogance, anger, apathy, greed, self-centeredness, approval seeking. I'm not sure if we, yeah, I think we spoke about gossip. We did not speak about boasting, vanity, pride, impatience, stubbornness, lying, sadness, uh, stinginess, and wastefulness. So these are still ahead. But um, I, I, I would love to hear from you if you can call. You're welcome to call. And if you cannot call now, or if you're listening to the recording, send me an email, please. Let me know if any of these talks had any, had any impact. If you utilized those things that I shared with you. Oh, we got someone calling. Uh, we have Gwen in New York. Oh, of course, it's my old friend Gwen. Gwen, you're on the air. Hi, Dr. Resnick. Hi, Gwen. <laughs> nice to hear from you. Now, if you don't call, I will be upset. Now, I'm so used to you calling. Thank you for calling. You have uh, a comment? You have a question? You want to share something? Well, I guess I want to share that I had, um, 
I, I had been following the guidelines or trying to follow the guidelines of you know, what to do to keep my happiness going. I went to see my oldest sister, who is it's just a tough nut. You know, she's she's a hard person to keep happy, and I'm 13 years younger, so um, as I still sort of am the little sister trying to make her happy. She she has a she's a very unhappy person. And and yet her 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 soul is happy. I mean, because I know when I was a child, she had uh, all this glitter about her and uh, just a, a sparkling personality. Uh, and uh, but she's very smart and she's very bitter because she had a very bad divorce. But uh, I decided to go up and see her for Christmas, and uh, I did not call to tell her because uh, when I do that, she sort of drives me nuts until I get there. Anyway, I went up with all my stuff, my presents, my homemade cookies. I bought dinner for us, everything. And uh, it sort of went over like a wet balloon. She was very unhappy. Um, she compared, she kept comparing me to her best friend, which made me feel very bad. She kind of didn't really want to look at her presence. And um, I guess what, what I wanted to report back to you is all the time during this, in my head, I'm saying, stop expecting so much. Just lower your expectations. Lower, lower, lower. This is what I'm saying in my head. But I'm like, well, we're down to the floor now. I don't know how much lower I can go. <laughs> and the thing I did do was at least I had the wherewithal after, you know, it's a long drive. It was 137 miles. But after an hour and a half, I just got right back in the car and I left. And, um, you know, what? you know, what really, I mean, I know she wanted me to leave because she was trying to start arguments, but the thing that the, the thing that was the topper at the end was an argument about Ukraine. <laughs> you can believe it. My sister really believes that, um, you know, the country of Ukraine was always free and, you know, it was always independent of Russia and, and that Russia just out of the, out of the blue, they just started bombing them. And it's just a fairy tale. I mean, I don't know everything about Russia or Ukraine, but I listen to a lot of uh, a lot of other news besides what's on the news. I would call that the propaganda machine. And right. I, I work with a lot of women that are from Ukraine that, that call themselves Russian. And the, uh, the other day, one of my friends at work said to me, you know, Ukraine um, was part of Russia, not, not for years, she said. It was part of Russia for centuries. And uh, she said, but you, you Americans, you just, you don't know anything. I was like, well, that's true. Not, not too much. When, do you know the but, word Ukraine? In, in Russian, it's called Ukraina. Literally, it means U. It's at there. Oh. At there. Ukraina. It's the edge. Ukraina. Ukraine. Well, Ukraina, it means the place at the edge of the Russian Empire. That's all. That's okay. all. I always, I actually, I usually call it Ukraine, but everybody always says to me, "That's wrong." There's no a. There's no a at the end. So, you know, That's all. Yeah. Well, that that was the, that, and the and the vaccine were the two things that she knew would get me out the door and out of her house. And uh, you know, normally I don't take debate. I know when she brings my sister is. You know, I call my sister like a, a bomb thrower because 
nothing uh, nothing is good in her life or nothing is enjoyable unless you're constantly in in some kind of um, drama. And uh, so she loves to throw bombs to get reactions. But, you know, my cortisol is just, I can't keep my cortisol level at that level all the time. I just can't do it. And um, anyway, I came home and I um, I felt busy. I was very busy yesterday. I kept myself very busy. I just didn't want to stay home. And I guess it's because I didn't really want to think about it. Because this Christmas, honestly, it went over like, a lead balloon, all of it. It was very painful, very hard uh, in many respects. I, I know that my life is not, you know, the worst, but, you know, it was hard for me that my mother and father um, decided to have my other, my sister that I'm in conflict with come and see them instead of me after we made plans. And, uh, but I kept going because I was listening to your happiness show. I'm not saying that that's the reason. I'm just saying it gave me a good, it gave me a good barometer, and I kept saying to myself, you know, and I believe it. I, I do believe I have so much to be grateful for. It's true. It really is. But, you know, today I just sat in the car. I was supposed to go to work, and I just and I just said, um, you know, I, I can't go today. I just, I, I think I need a day to absorb this and just allow that to be. On the upside for me, I didn't, I didn't write a nasty note to my sister. I didn't send her a nasty text. I didn't admonish her. I didn't tell her she was ungrateful. I, in other words, I didn't do her, I, I didn't do a list of her character defects. I just allowed myself to sit with it. And I felt like I did the right thing by protecting myself and getting out of a situation where no matter what was going to happen that day, it wasn't going to change and, and it was just going to keep hurting me. So it was a nice day to drive to Connecticut and home. You know, at least the drive was nice, but it was uh, it was short, and it's it's a lot of driving to do in, in you know a, a short span of time. Well, thank you, thank you for sharing. I want to point something out. The the wonderful thing that you did was one, uh, having, uh, reminding yourself not to have expectations while you were there, and second thing is that you the, you are able to acknowledge what is without judging her. She is who she is. You, it, 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 you, you are aware of how she was. People change. You value the good qualities. Uh, you are a younger sister, right? She's your older sister, correct? Yes, yes, yes. So this is the right thing to honor your older sister. Kind of, it's your debt. Because when uh, she is next to your parents. So on the other hand, you know, she is who she is, and you cannot get from her more than you're getting. In fact, when you and I are uh, very much in the same situation, I just, you know, I, I, I hope my brother is not listening. <laughs> you know, I have a, a sister with whom I talk almost every day. And we are very close, and we, it goes back and forth. And unfortunately, when I talk to my older brother, who is the oldest, very nice man, but he kind of gives you a lecture. So, but out of respect, I love my brother. I want to talk to him. I don't want not to uh, to abandon him, but I call him once a week, knowing in advance that I will just hear a lecture for half an hour and I will have a chance to say one, two words. So once the same thing, once I accept that that's what it is, and I do it out of respect and love for what we have, you know, as a history, this is it. There are no expectations then, and therefore no frustration. I did my duty, I gave my respect, 
And I, I walk away from this conversation being satisfied, not because it was always uh, like so enriching, satisfying, because it's kind of the person speaks at you, but because I did what I wanted to do and I had no zero expectations that it will be in, uh, in any other way, you could say, well, but why don't you tell him the same thing, like telling your sister? They're not going to change. You accept people as they are. If these people are not your relatives, the best is if you don't communicate with them, you avoid them. But if it's your family, you absolutely accept them as they are, and you celebrate what good comes out of it, expecting anything extra. That's all. When that was fantastic. Thank you very much for sharing. Thank you. Okay. You be well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, if anybody else wants to share with their experience or, or question, a question, you're welcome to, please. I, uh, I'm looking forward to you calling. So, uh, going back to, to happiness, I would, if, if any of you could relate to these issues, just like jealousy and judgment, and, and expectations, like Gwen mentioned and I mentioned. Once we don't have expectations, that doesn't plague us. We don't get disappointed. And because after disappointment, you hurt, you begin to blame, you're sucked into a whole cascade of negative em emotions. So if the less expectations you have, the more surprised you are. It doesn't mean you must not have intentions, we all have intentions. You want to go and do something, but in t having an intention rather than an expectation, the difference is that intention, you, you're doing something knowing that the outcome is not predictable. Something may come one way, come out one way, it can come out totally different. So and keep in mind, anything can happen and does. So, and then you give your best shot. So uh, if, you, again, if you live with such issues as doubt, or you find yourself being arrogant, or people call you arrogant, or you find yourself living with somebody who is arrogant, <clears throat> or angry, or apathetic, or greedy, all this, or self-centered, <clears throat> excuse me, I will have a ginger. So you can go back to to the shows that I did probably probably in the beginning of this year and I covered them all uh, but if any of them are part of your life any of these qualities whether it's coming from somebody else or you that definitely takes away your happiness so one more point in addition I, I gave you uh, a list of points or somebody is calling mrs brown from brooklyn wonderful mrs brown you're on the air welcome <laughs> you are so hospitable <laughs> you are very welcoming thank you <laughs> yes i really enjoy your show and your um all your insights I, I wish Gwen were my sister. I have the same situation. My oldest sister wishes 
that she were the only child. You know, you've probably seen that. They resent the younger siblings sometimes. You might have seen that. I don't know. But in my case, my oldest sister, she doesn't like anyone except, you know, but she likes the brothers, but not the sisters. It's very, you know. But anyway, Gwen, Gwen sounds like a wonderful person. Yes. Yes. I'm getting to know her by her calling. And it sounds oh, like she's before. Oh, but she sounds like a very vivacious and nice person. I, I mean, I wish she were my older sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, maybe I can make friendship. You know, you know, my the best friend that I had in my life. May he rest in peace now. But my best friend came into my life by my, but by my sister forty years ago, going to a party. Bumping to a, to a young man, speaking to yeah. him and saying, "You know, you know, you sound like my brother. You might, you might hit it off. Why don't I uh, give me your telephone number? I will give it to my brother." And at that time, I only arrived to the United States just like um, six months before, and I called this man, and we became best best friends. He recently died. I'm still grieving for him. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Maybe it's I can so find hard. a friend for you. Send me an email, and I will connect you with with Gwen because she sends me emails too. So it will be wonderful if you can have because friends. Because she what? Because she what? She sends me emails. If oh, you send, so I have for you. She sounds very. She sounds very um, introspective. Uh, She's not absolutely. trying to judge her sister. She's trying to get along with her. I mean. I do the same thing. My oldest sister dumped her children on me when I was a tiny kid. I mean, she's much, much older than me. And I had to potty train them and take care of them and sew clothes for them and do everything. She doesn't remember that. She doesn't want to be my friend. I don't know. But I'm not upset about that. I'm used to that, you know. My brothers are good. You know, it's not, It's just She's jealous for some reason. I don't know why, you know, but she's just, she's just strange, you know. She used me as a messenger, though. She wanted me to uh, get a message to another sister to um, connect with her, but the other sister doesn't want to connect with her. But she only used me as a messenger. <laughs> it was really crazy. But um, the other sister says, no, I don't want to be her friend. She was mean to me when we were little. <laughs> it's, it's Isn't that People get older. It's good to be connected rather than disconnected. Of I don't course. know why I can do this. Of but, course, but, she's right. But she's a big professor. She has a lot of friends, but she's very uh, elitist. She's, she feels like she's smarter and better and whatever. I don't know what it is, but sometimes the oldest child has yeah. a superiority complex. That happens. I've seen it before, you know. But yeah, anyway, I, nonetheless, so, you would be a great... I mean, I don't know how, what the price is or what the arrangement is, but anybody would love to have a one-on-one -on -one session with you, I'm sure. I don't know if it's doable, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it is, you know, that would be great. Mrs. Brown, I, I want to, to, to repeat. Listen, it's, uh, it sounds like you. You sound like Gwen. I Send me an email. You have my email. 
send me an email so I will have your email and I will connect you and Gwen. It's nice to find oh, friends. But, but so that was just secondary. I, the initial reason I called, I really wanted to, um, I think you're amazing. I listen to you all the time. Oh, thank you. That's so nice of you and to you say. You just thank have you. the biggest heart. Thank you. Thank you. Really, it it's, it's makes all the difference, you know, because remember with the with the radio it's really i'm still it's been two years that i do this radio i'm still kind of in in kind of an insecure uh, radio that show your home, but that's beautiful you're not you don't get on there in a bombastic tone you have a very humble and self-effacing me no you're very introspective Thank that's you. a good quality you don't don't try to change that's that's a great asset that you are um, very um, introspective. You know, I think that's the best. But if somebody wants to get a counseling, is that possible or you don't do that? Then send me a, a, an email and let me know what you would like to discuss and we'll talk about it. You know, that, 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 that's one-on-one, you know, oh, person, I, you have an office. I work only now on on internet. Since COVID oh, okay, started, okay. and it doesn't really make sense for me now to have an office. I had an office in Manhattan for 38 years, but but now, it, it, just before COVID started, 65% of people I saw were already from different countries. I, yes. I you know, so so it doesn't make sense for me to have an office now. Different uh, countries? Well, we're all from different countries. <laughs> Excuse me? What did you say? I'm sorry. That's true. We are all from different countries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I talk to somebody now who lives in uh, Hong Kong, somebody in yeah. Venezuela, Caracas, Venezuela, somebody in uh, Louisiana, somebody wow. in Israel, somebody in England. So it's I, I teach a class. I have a student medical doctor from Mexico and wow. a nurse from Pennsylvania. It's like the world became a small, small place. <laughs> no, okay. But if there might be a possibility, I don't know if there could be a, a place to, uh, we could, um, I don't know, go to the coffee shop. I don't know. But anyway, so, you, you are just an amazing counselor. I never felt that... Uh, most counselors are so insightful and so um, able to really get to the bottom of things. You seem to be very um, able to, um, you know, extract the main thread of the situation, you know? You know what I mean? You have a very, you're a very good listener also, very good listener. Anyway, thank you so much. So what is your email? Is it... R E S N I C K or what is it? No, D R for Doctor yeah. D R. Then the yeah. word Peter, my first name Peter P T E R, and then my last name R E Z N as Nancy K without C I K at gmail dot com. D R Peter Resnick. Oh, that's really great. Okay, R E Z at G. Mail. Yeah, at g, uh, gmail.com. Thank you very much. Mrs. Brown. Thank you. Yeah, you you never know. You know, it's so nice. Mrs. Brown said that she likes when I I hope that people somehow. (laughs) 
Some maybe a year ago or ten months ago, I offered a free uh, course, a short course. Uh, I don't even remember what it was on on stress or whatever. And I taught only to people from my from this radio show. And I had a group. I, I don't remember seven or eight people. And um, in fact, two of them. And I did it through Skype. So, uh, and they enjoyed the class, and two of them actually became good friends. I know now because I, I interact with them. So, you never know. You may, through this show, yeah. you may, may meet interesting people. You never know where you will meet people. Like, I made, a, I made a friend last month. I was in Florida going every night to swim in a swimming pool, and there was a guy, Hector, who was coming every night to smoke a cigarette. And one day we kind of started talking about life and, and we have so much in common. And now we keep in touch. You know, he went back to Canada. He was visiting Florida. And we just keep in touch because we became friends. It's like I lost my best friend, Shimon, who died, you know, I'm, uh, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Now I found a new friend. You never know where you will find friends. So That's maybe true. somebody listening to you now, maybe uh, you connect with people. That's that's wonderful. Thank you very much. Yeah, for that's both. very true. I'm 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 pretty much um, that way too. I'm open to meeting people. You know, many people are not. Many people are kind of compartmentalized in their Facebook. I think <laughs> they have a different relationship with humanity. It's kind of like a techno relationship. <laughs> anyway, but I really appreciate the one-on-one, uh, -on -one, you know, the actual human being, I think, is superior to the um, the Facebook version. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I really don't like spending time online. I don't like that at all, but that's not. But, you know, my husband spends more time online than I do, you know. We live in a different world. In a different, there used to be, you know, if you want to visit a friend, there was no telephone, you go and knock the door. He's there or not there. And that's it. Exactly, which is the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you talk to the mother, you know the whole family. It's better. Yeah. No, it's better. I, I'm sure it's better that way, more personal. But, you know, it's like, you know, commercialization. But I think children are, were happier than probably. I don't, you know, it seems, you know. I believe, I believe, yes, I believe so. And I'm for sure when I was growing up, there was no, you never heard somebody committing suicide. You know, exactly. a child committing suicide, it was unheard of. And now they're depressed. They look at this Facebook, everybody's smiling, everybody's happy, and they're not happy, you know. People are wearing masks. Let me let me uh, let me add one more thing. I just remembered something I want to say, to say about happiness. Thank you very yes. much for calling, Mrs. Brown. Okay. Yes. So, so let me tell you one more thing. Uh, what I believe helps people to to be happier, and that is, it's kind of a paradox. Learning that nothing is permanent. Mm 
learning that nothing is permanent. People feel very unhappy when something goes away. If they enjoy, even if they feel uh, uh, for a short time happiness, they may already feel anxious that that will go away. When you accept that everything, the only permanent thing in life is change. So you have a happy moment and know that this is not permanent. It will be a different moment. If you don't judge it, it will be just a moment. Whatever it presents, uh, you will deal with it. And hopefully you will enjoy it. And if not, you will enjoy the following moment. The important thing is not to be attached to a particular experience. Uh, in fact, there was a study done in California of people who lived over the age of 100. It's a, it's a study that was done maybe like 15 or 16 years ago. It was interesting. They found that there were four common things among all the people who lived that long. One, that they were all active. Two, they were all optimists. Three, they found meaning in their activity. And what was most important, and all agreed on that, or number four, was they all knew how to bear loss. They all knew how to let go of things. Because nothing is permanent. And, exactly. And, the only thing you have is the beautiful golden memories. Yes, yes. If, yes. The memories if, you must really cherish. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. You know, if you, but you can cherish your memories if you let go yes. of events. But, the, you know, I say this very often to people who grieve about someone they lost. As long as they are resentful of this loss, as long as they're saying, I want this person back, I want this person, why I cannot see this person, I cannot touch this person, they are disconnected from the goodness, from the fullness of experience, from communicating, because they had turned to their pain. But the moment they begin to let go of this person, accepting that this person is not in this physical world, they can connect with all the goodness that this person brought in their life. And that's the, yeah. these are the cherished memories, Mrs. Brown, that you are say, talking about. But you know, you yes. you know that I believe that the reason they hold on so tight is because they feel loyal to that person, and if they don't keep um, living in that moment of loss, they feel they're being disloyal to the person that died or, or is gone, wow. or the pet, or whatever. That's what I truly believe. Having seen that terrible problem a number of times with family members who could not accept a loss, and it's they feel, well, you know, have you ever seen, uh, do you believe that? Or not? I, I truly believe that they feel they have to hold on because otherwise they're being disloyal to that wow. person. Wow. Mrs. Brown, that's, that's profound. Actually, I, I did not hear this yet. That's, that's very powerful. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They feel loyal. Uh, I wonder how we can people to acknowledge that they can be loyal 
and agree yeah. that these people are no longer in the physical world. They don't but have the people to. Are there in spirit, they feel that somehow that person used them, or you know, they're still attached. They don't feel the person is is somehow um, gone. They're not. Well, what's the word? They're not. They're still in, and as long as they hold on to that pain and that, and keep talking about them and keep rehearsing this yeah. this narrative about the person, they are still with them somehow, even though it's a very tattered kind of tattered and 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 frayed afraid existence. They still they have to hold on to the threads. You know, it has seen this. It's it's very weird, but that that's all they have. So they have to hold on to it. And yeah. I've seen this. And it's very painful for the people that live around them. Yes, it's very interesting. It's very you painful. Know, I hope a lot of people listening to this. And thank you very much, Mrs. Brown, because I will now, when I talk to somebody, I will mention it that you may. To, I will mention to a person, you may feel disloyalty. There is disloyalty in you allowing this person to move, uh, to, to, to die and you to okay. move on with life. You don't have okay. to forget about this person. Yeah, that's, that's very good. That's very good. Exactly. It's very hard. It, many people do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very hard. They don't want to let go because they feel that you know, somehow they're letting that person down, one that they love so much. But what is your what is your pro proposal? How do you resolve it? Imagine you are a therapist, and you said something very important. Uh, that yes, you you're talking to uh, let's say a, cl a client, and you're saying to this person, "I understand you may feel disloyal if you stop grieving." But what is your what are you suggesting? Is there any alternative that you can suggest? Well, like you were talking about, I think Gwen was talking about. You have to stay busy, stay engaged, and just think about the love. It's like my pet passed passed recently, and you couldn't tell that the pet was sick. It seemed okay, but then very quickly it got like in a couple of days, and the veterinarian was was not that helpful. But the pet had something that they fixed, but I mean it was so bizarre, and I made me want to learn more about holistic pet care. Made me want to learn more because I feel that perhaps something could have been avoided, but I can't blame myself because that pet was so dear and I love the pet and mm. and I feel, you know, but a pet that's very special can almost be, you know, can be a terrible loss as well, but I have to, you know, not dismiss it, but just cherish, cherish the memory. Yes. You know, but it's although you have to cherish the memory and you have to be a bit stoic. You cannot be a baby. I think a lot of psychological problems are because people want to curl up and revert to infanthood or revert to childhood. They don't want to be an adult. When you're an adult, being an adult, I remember this pillow that they said uh, Betty Davis had. Betty Davis, the famous actor, she had a pillow that said, 
you know, adulthood is not for sissies. You know, if you want to live, you have to fight. Uh, it's a huge fight. And you cannot be a baby and you cannot feel sorry for yourself and wallow in your misery, you know? It's like, I love what, what Glenn was saying about Ukraine. You can imagine a lot of those people are suffering because the Nazis from the Polish uh, western area of Ukraine are, are attacking the Russian ethnics. And this has been going on since the 80s. And the U.S. media doesn't talk about it. But I can imagine those people suffering. I've been to Ukraine. And I've been all over Eastern Europe and and. We don't have war here, and we keep exporting war. But first of all, the Russians are amazing. They they lost 27-plus million people during World War II, and the Nazis came right on their territory. So they know, and Putin is not an idiot. He must be doing what he has to do. All I know is Ukraine has become another another excuse to broke money from our economy. It's like... I- I agree it, with it you. This is percent. You know? By the way, part of the Ukrainian National Guard now is division called Galicina, with the swastika on the on the uh, uh, yeah. shorts. Uh, yes, yeah, and not the, to mention this, the Azov, the Azov Battalion also. Yes, Azov Battalion. They were all at the well, same. The, the division Galicina, which is now part of Azov. Division Galicina yes. joined Hitler when yes. Hitler invaded uh, Poland and then Ukraine. There were yes. special forces, with which was like with this signature, like SS. Yes. They were part of well, the, and now they're part of resistance to Russia. It's very, very complicated. A lot now, they were their grandparents with the Nazis, their grandparents when Hitler came. They greeted Hitler when he went through to Russia. And this is what great people like Scott Ritter have reported. And I hear it on PRN. And and this truth is very seldom discussed. You know, the real truth of what's going on in the ground. You know, we don't, and Chris Hedges, people like that, tell the truth, but, but it's hard for them to get through, you know? Yes. Because the actual people, do we really care about the Ukrainians? Do we really care? Or, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But um, we're just sending money and the weapons are going on the black market. I mean, it's our money being wasted, I think. You know? It, it's it's very, a very complicated issue. Mrs. Brown, I will have to move on because we have only okay, five thank minutes. Thank you very much. Thank you. That is very interesting. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling. Yeah, yes, Mrs. You. Brown brought up a, a very interesting and very kind of disturbing uh, uh, subject, and that's the war between Ukraine and Russia. And as you may know already by now, that I grew up in Ukraine, uh, speaking Russian language, because Odessa is really a Russian city, even though I speak both languages and grew up again, it's a a city that turned uh, Ukrainian simply uh, because of a decision of one leader, Nikita Khrushchev in uh, late 1960s, but it was a decision of one man. Uh, 
but really uh, historically uh, this was uh, a city fought and and acquired by uh, Russian troops but that's not the question the the, the my hope is that people will just get more educated about history and politics and uh, understand why all this is happening, why the war is happening, why so many people are dying on both sides. And my belief is that it's not the fault of Ukrainians and it's not the fault of Russians. I will leave it to you to figure out. There are special interests and, and unfortunately, these people are suffering because of the, the military industrial complex that needs to sell weapons. That's my belief is. Uh, I want to ask to continue. I wanted to share with you something else. We spoke about happiness. And I wanted to share with you about something that was done in Japan by a gentleman whose name is Emoto Musaro. And that's on the power of language and feeling that we have and how they affect the environment and how affairs they affect not only our, our external environment but internal and and this is like a clear demonstration uh, of the effects of negative thought versus positive thoughts on our body so we'll talk about it next time <laughs> uh, and then we'll move to the next subject that I wanted uh, to introduce to you, and that is from Six Pillars of Well-Being. Uh, and the subject is about lying. Lying, yes, lying. Saying what is not true and how it affects us and others. But I really would appreciate you sending your emails, asking questions. Just like when, I, uh, when you call, I, I'm willing to change the subject. If you send me emails with your questions, uh, we're not rushing anywhere. I can delay addressing the issue of lying or the issue of boasting, and I can uh, attempt to answer your questions. I don't have answers to all the questions, but I can do my best based on my experience as a person and as a therapist for 44 years. I will do my best answering your questions. You are welcome again to, to write. You have my email. And I want to thank you all for participating in this meeting today or show, whatever you call it. And I wish you, uh, we'll, next time we'll meet, it will be a new year. So I wish uh, that new year will start with you, for you uh, in a beautiful way and bring you uh, joy, fun, uh, creativity, a possibility to express your creativity, uh, and, and curiosity, always being open to new explorations, new meetings, new acquaintances, and new knowledge. What you remember is understanding again through experience. Always trying, trying things over and over again till you find things that do work. Uh, thank you again being, for being with me. Uh, be happy. Peace to all who want to live in peace. <laughs>